0: hello hello there everybody can can you all hear me testing all right sorry about that good afternoon everybody welcome to another episode of down in the valley my name is Edson ochoa and i'm proud to be back for one more week of rgbfc coverage hope everybody's doing great hope everybody has been safe i know mm, current events haven't been that Great. If you live in Texas, you know what I mean. But uh we're here hopefully to make your day a little bit better. I mean, if you've been having a good day, you can have a even better day. You've been having a bad day. Well, we'll try to kind of cheer you up a little as we talk a little bit about the team that we all love, and that is our RGVFC uh toros. But uh obviously you do want to mention that the Down in the Valley podcast is brought to you by uh the Beautiful Game Network, Natural Beauty Spa. Icarus FC and Roughneck Scars. So are you tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Are you looking for something completely custom, you know, for your Sunday league squad, for your youth club, adult, maybe even a pro team, or even, even something like if you want to do some fundraising, you know, you can you can call Icarus FC. They'll help you make uh, the, a custom, completely custom kit. They'll guide you throughout the whole process. And you can build the kit of your dreams at a very affordable price. So let them help you design uh, your new custom kit today at icarusfc.com. And actually, this time I did not—I did not forget to take out the uh, the example. I've mentioned that I do have an IcarusFC shirt. Well, here it is. A uh, huge shout out uh, to the surge of the supporters group for the Houston Dynamo. I know that's a very <laughs> bad word to say at this moment but no they, they've treated me well uh they're proud to call some of their members friends but this shirt actually is very like i've mentioned before it is very comfortable to wear even in the heat and as you can see it's perfectly you know customized wherever whatever you want they'll make they'll make it happen for you but also Remember, Ruffneck Scarves is the official scarf supplier for your MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com, which I do have another example. So the RTBFc season ticket member uh, scarf from last season is made by Ruffneck Scarves. And I'm going to be honest, it helped out a lot in these past couple of times when we've had uh, freezing temperatures here in Houston, over there in the rio grande valley and of course um one last mention is uh natural beauty spa if you want something for your you know to take care of your skin uh or you somebody that suffers from uh pimples or any kind uh of uh, skin care that you do need be sure to give josefina vega a call at 956 648-8586 she'll take good care of you because at natural beauty spa you give your skin what it deserves. Um, And of course, check out our website, ditvpodcast.com. Follow us on all of our social media uh, at Twitter uh, and Instagram at down in the RGV. You can also find us on facebook.com slash down in the the RGV. Uh, Huge shout out to everybody that is watching right now from YouTube or Facebook like at this moment. Quick reminder, if you guys are, are loving this this show be sure to like it be sure to subscribe if you haven't done so or give the 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 page a thumbs up a little like uh and also be sure to share it with your friends all of your Toro your taurus loving friends all of your taurus hater friends don't matter just share it on facebook instagram tinder whatever let's get the word of down in the valley out there we are here to build a community. We're here to talk about the RGBSE totals. We are here to learn together. And that is the, that is the whole point of the down in the valley podcast. Learn more about the RGBSE totals together, and we can help build one of the, the strongest fan bases, uh, in the, in the United States in the United States. Uh, but anyway, I'm almost losing my breath. Um, let's go ahead and invite our recurring guest uh, host. Uh, of tonight. He is the host and the brainchild behind the South Texas Border Sports Podcast. He is Ray Silva, and he's joining us for uh, another episode of Down in the Valley. Ray, how are you doing, man?
1: Edson, good evening to all of your listeners uh, joining us here or abroad, wherever they may be. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for inviting me. And I would be completely remiss. And taking a, a small, brief opportunity, uh, Jacob Young, wherever you may be, wherever you are doing at this moment, uh, I just have to thank you. You know, I know it's a difficult choice that you have had to to have made uh, recently, uh, but without you, it's. Uh, I take it as a responsibility to somewhat uh, fill in for you. I hope it's not a a permanent thing, but I just hope it's a a temporary thing, and I just wish you nothing but the best moving forward, and I hope that you are successful in whatever you're venturing in. You are young. You have the potential in whatever you want to do. You can always count on my support. I don't want to keep this seat forever. But you are the true ge- co-host of this show. Um, I just wanted to thank you and wish you the best moving forward.
0: Yeah, it's it's down in the valley. It's not gonna be the same without him. It's been three seasons, you know, having him as the co-host. You know, you know um, ever since I, remember, I still remember the day that I reached out to him because he was in a he was part of the Stampede. And, uh, I know, uh, back in the beginning, see, like he would talk about the totals with the, uh, his own little, uh, YouTube channel, the tip of Texas sports network. And I liked what, I liked, I liked the, the points of view that he, that he brought in. And so I reached out to him and asked him if he wanted to become part of the down in the Valley podcast. And he, you know, he wholeheartedly, uh, accepted. And from then on, it's, it's like, you know, he was a very elemental, part of the down in the valley podcast and it's you know it saddens me to see that he has to step down for a little bit temporarily um but at the end of the day we understand uh i definitely understand that uh your work comes first your personal projects uh come in first and uh i wholeheartedly agree with the uh with the decision to uh put uh, the emphasis on his on his, uh, on his job and I wish him the best of luck and like I told him you know privately you know the de- the space will always be open for him to come back even if it is for like once a month or even or even less but like he will always be our down in the valley uh, co-host. so thank you Jacob for everything you've done and I can't wait to see you back uh, on the show to, to talk about uh, the Toros because I, I know that you really love this team. So best of luck out there. Um, So I do, I do want to give a quick shout out to everybody in the chat. Uh, Harry Austin, he says, hello, down in the Valley, hope Uh, all is well. Episode one post Jacob. Um, Then Johnny, uh, the president who will be coming on uh, in a little bit. I haven't even mentioned the topics that we're going to be talking about. Anyway, uh, Harry says, I see Edson made an exception to have you on. He is such a good guy. Uh then Johnny <laughs> this will be a paid interview. Shh, the noise as way. <laughs> um and then
1: uh F in the chat already.
0: Right? Uh, they're coming in with bangers like without like I wasn't even ready for this, man. What is why why you gotta do this to me, Johnny? Like anyway. Uh so then Harry says, Well, being independent, I guess it has a spurks uh if you're in with the in crowd and then he says nice chair Edson. is that custom with the down in the valley logo actually it is not this is a regular this is a regular gaming chair that i bought uh from walmart was it like a year ago uh yeah it was after new year's last year and i just i just stuck uh what the stickers you know that i that i sent you all uh i just stuck it on there so that's basically what it is you got to be frugal about it because man gaming chairs can be really really expensive and like I just don't think it's worth it to pay hundreds of dollars for something you can have. You know, and it works fine. It's you know, I'm I'm a big guy and it it fit it it's very comfortable to sit in for extended periods of times. So yeah, it's not it's not it's not something custom. Uh Johnny, I'm trying to go for the cortecumbia look, okay? No, I'm just kidding. Um no, it's just my my hair uh curls up naturally. So I mean, it is, it is what it is, but anyway, uh, to uh, hi Santos, uh, thank you for coming on the show, but let's get right to it guys. Uh, enough chit chat, enough of the BS, uh, like, uh, Justin Finger says on the peel. Um, let's talk about the Toros. All right. So today we're going to be talking about, um, we're going to be talking about the acquisition of, uh, WAN Cousine, uh, from, uh, sporting Kansas city to, well, sporting Kansas city technically. Uh, but we'll talk. We'll talk about that. We'll have Johnny Reese, the Stampede president. He will be coming on the show in in a couple of minutes to talk about uh, what the Stampede is, what they do, and what the plans are for this upcoming season. And of course, we're going to be um, at around eight o'clock. We are going to be taking y'all's uh, questions, comments. Uh, and, and in the kind of like a Q and a session, just like it's become a tradition uh, beginning from season four of the down in the Valley podcast. But once again, be sure to give it a like, be sure to share it with all of your friends. Let's grow this uh, beautiful community that we're building together. So anyway, uh, Ray, um, on Friday, if no, on Monday, on Monday at three at noon, the Toros announced the acquisition of a very, a very young player, uh, who was technically a free agent, but he had just been released from Sporting Kansas City. He spent uh, since 2017, if I'm not mistaken, within uh, the Swope Park Rangers. He he was part of the uh, of the Sporting Kansas City Academy. He was, he was, he is considered a homegrown under MLS rules. He thrived in Swell Park Rangers in 2018 and then kind of just, uh, fell off, uh, since being called up into the, um, sporting Kansas city first team. Um, he did so he did play a couple of, uh, games loaned down to, uh, Swell Park Rangers then became called sporting Kansas city too. Uh, But now he has uh, been signed officially as one of the newest Toros members for this 2021 season. What was your first impression about the announcement? Um,
1: You know, he's a quality player uh, that will add some positioning in the midfield. Um, I kind of see Kuzain as more a defensive uh, midfielder um with some potential to play in the central midfielder role uh however i i would be remiss if he and kembo kibado would be in some uh in some kind of form of pairing just looking at the current roster that they have right now so you would have um, Kuzain holding, holding the midfield on the defensive end, uh, while providing that spark to start the offense and helping out the uh, Kembo Kibata. That's kind of the way I, I see this, uh, turning out. I, I like the signing, I, I think it's good. He's a young player, he's 22, um, uh, and, and I think it just suits the uh the Toros uh, profile of players that they need. They just need young players that are just starting to turn their corner in their careers.
0: Mm-hmm. And he is actually, see, here's, a, here's the thing. The Toros have always been kind of known to, or the way that Matt Jordan and the Houston Dynamo handled the Toros signings, it was mostly players recently out of college. um players that were drafted in the MLS draft uh, and so on and so forth. It wasn't really players that had a lot of USL experience. And then right off the bat, we've already signed a goalkeeper that has MLS experience. One of the top uh, goalkeepers in MLS uh, in, in in his time, uh, signed to the Toros. And now we have a player that was... Uh, considered, and I posted the graphic on our social media uh, uh, on Monday, Uh, but he was a finalist for the USL Young Player of the Year in 2018. He won Goal of the Year in 2018, and he was actually also listed number three, if I'm not mistaken, for the 30 under 30 rankings for the USL in 2018 as well. So he was a player that garnered league-wide attention uh in 2018. It was enough attention for him to be signed in 2018 signed a contract with the Sporting Kansas City first team where he actually made a debut with with the first team and ended up scoring a goal in one of those appearances if I'm not mistaken, it was against Minnesota United.
1: Correct. And just to break it down, so as, uh, just as overall career numbers uh, playing here in the United States, uh, 69 games, uh, six goals, three assists uh, just for kuzain alone. Now, if you look at the championship uh, statistics, uh 61 games, including playoffs, five goals, two assists, and he also has a couple of Open Cup appearances too, uh, as well too. So, uh, mm. not bad, not bad of an acquisition for the Toros. Uh, I, I I like where this signing is is going. I hope we can uh, continue getting uh, a lot of these uh, a lot of these signings actually.
0: Mm-hmm. So just kind of quick recap of the games that he was a part of or his career within the sporting Kansas city system. Uh, just a quick refresh. Um, he didn't make his debut until 2017 uh, in the first week against Oklahoma city where he played for uh 75 minutes. If, uh, if what transfer market says is correct. Um, he started having an outstanding year in 27 uh, or he started getting more minutes at the end of the 2017 season. Mostly he was often on the bench or not even called up. Then at the end of the 2017 season, he started getting a lot more minutes. A couple of full games on there. And then 2018, as I did uh, mention, that's when he started having his breakout year. He played a lot of games uh, in the beginning of the, in the beginning of the season. Um, he was called up mid season to the first team. So he garnered a lot of, uh, a lot of attention at the end of the 2018 season. He, uh, he comes back with the Swope Park Rangers and, uh, scores a couple of goals, one against the Roughnecks, uh, and then one against LA Galaxy two Los Dos. And this was before, uh, Hold on, i already that. that. This is not before. Swell Park Rangers that year made it to the playoffs. And I believe he you said he scored a goal there as well with mm-hmm. uh with sporting with sporting Kansas City. Uh yeah, Swell Park Rangers. He scored in the let me see. He scored a goal against Sacramento FC. Um, in in the playoffs in 2018, and then we go into the 2019 season because then they get eliminated by Phoenix Rising. In 2019 season, he starts playing with the the Swamp Park Rangers uh, once again. The beginning of the season up until like the 11th week, he gets called up to the pros. Or, oh, I'm, hold on, I'm looking at the 2018. I hate that. Um, well actually I was right so in 2019 he starts for eight weeks uh, with the Swope Park Rangers and then from the 10th to the 14th week so he was technically six games where he was out with an ankle injury he comes back he get, he starts playing once again with uh, Swope Park Rangers he um, goes again uh, on the bench against Nashville uh, he misses two games because he got called up with the the uh, Sporting Kansas City two or Sporting Kansas City uh, first team, and then he finishes the season uh, of 2019 with one goal and one assist, uh, playing mostly almost most of the games he played almost the whole the, the whole 90 minutes. I think there was only one game where he only played against Louisville City. He only came in for 27 minutes. Uh, but he was starting to get in twenty nineteen. He was starting. He was starting to uh, be um, a very important piece for Squill Park Rangers. But in the twenty twenty season, there really wasn't a lot, you know, from him uh, in the USL Championship. He was. Uh, he only played in week one against Charlotte Independence, and from then on, if I'm not mistaken, and from then on, he was in the. Um, in the in MLS with the first team, uh, with Sporting Kansas City, let me just verify that com- uh, completely. Yes. So after that week one in twenty twenty, he was actually with the uh, with the first team, mostly on the bench or not called up into the into the eighteen. So he was he was French um, French with with uh, Sporting Kansas City. He was then released after the 2020 season. He he was released from his contract and like I said, Toros have picked him up and I guess we'll see we'll see where where he goes. What I can tell you from what I, the little videos that are available on um on YouTube uh as far as his gameplay, we know that he is a left footer. He is a left footer. Uh with Salt Park Rangers, he was uh kind of responsible of taking the the direct free kicks. Uh, earned a uh, earned a couple of goals uh via free kick and i saw a lot of a lot of uh highlights or a decent amount of highlights where he kind of drifts out a little bit into a, onto the wings and kind of helped orchestrate orchestrate the the attack um however we are going to go a little bit more in focus and i can go ahead and say this because it has been i have confirmed with the guest for next week, uh, we are going to have USL Tactics. If you guys follow us on Twitter, if you guys have Twitter, uh, USL Tactics uh, is going to be on our show to talk about uh, the latest signings for the Toros. Hopefully, we have some more signings in the next couple of days that we can talk about. But that's what I've seen from uh, Juan Cusain, um since he was uh, signed.
1: Most definitely. I mean, Kazane just it brings in uh, some definite USL Championship experience, um, you know, which will uh, hopefully be a indie starting eleven uh, come opening day for the Toros. Mm-hmm. Um, and since I, I didn't have uh, my full opportunity to get my opinion in on Tyler Derek, I mean, what a signing there too. Uh, I just hope that his history is well behind him that he can get a fresh start and hopefully he can re- resurrect his career with the totals and and hopefully be that uh, that key guy to anchor uh, the defense and and hopefully be on it be in his uh, top performance as well.
0: so my question to you regarding Tyler Derrick is if he uh... If he does well with the Toros, do you see him uh, coming back to MLS soon?
1: It probably won't be with Houston. I'll tell you that much. I I I, I do think that he will get another MLS shot, but it's going to be another team because yes, it, on paper, the Dynamo have the first discovery rights, yada, yada, yada. I, I think that there's going to be... A, a team that needs a, uh, a serviceable MLS experienced keeper to their roster. I really do think so.
0: I think so. I think so too, uh, considering that he really isn't that, uh, that old, especially it helps like, like I think Cesar mentioned last week, the fact that he's a keeper to keepers uh, play professionally uh, longer than uh, on the field players and I think if he if he really shows his talent in the USL championship, I wouldn't be surprised if come the offseason a MLS team comes a knocking. Now the question is if if um, the Toros would be willing would be willing to sell. Uh and but I mean that's pretty much looking into the future. Like I said, we haven't even started, we don't even have we don't even have a a complete roster a at roster. this at this moment yeah so this is all just speculation but i was just curious uh to get your thoughts uh on that particular instance if he does well if you would see him um back uh in um, in mls um but um speaking of um speaking of roster oh boy so this week uh starting on monday a lot of USL teams have started preseason already. I know New Mexico United ha- has started um I know Louisville A City of clubs. Yeah, uh, Louisville City kind of uh, started as well. And even the even like MLS teams like the Dynamo uh they've started they started preseason or at least they have announced preseason schedules. It's worrying to me in my eyes, uh, personal opinion. It is worrying that we have not uh, we have neither one nor the other from the Toros.
1: You know, I'll take this with a grain of salt. I, I would not be surprised if the Toros will have to travel to get some preseason games. And the only reason why I say this is because there are a lot of colleges still playing their conference schedules. And right now, the the last thing one, a college would need to do is pick up an injury to a star player or some player that's getting minutes and then messing up the rotation. That's why you're, you're kind of seeing a little bit of a holding pattern on the Toros end, mm-hmm. um will you see them picking up some in season uh at preseason games? Probably not, but the fact that they have no preseason mentioned yet, that is a bit worrisome because opt- optimally you kind of need like an eight week preseason schedule. To kind of get the team ready. Some teams are taking up to 12 just to get everyone in, the quarantine, uh, the visa issues and all that stuff. So that's uh probably like some of the things uh why we haven't seen or heard anything from a preseason perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that I have any inside information, but You got to take those uh, considerations uh, into play here. One, the quarantine. Two, the visa issues, if any. And then three, just, you you know, uh, having everything signed, sealed, uh, delivered type thing.
0: Yeah. And as the Toros start announcing, and it looks like they're going the GTA route of what they call drip feed. Which is instead of releasing everything at once, they it looks like they're releasing one at a time. And it'd be alright if it was like once one a day. But so far it's it's one a week. And so it's so it's like I understand that probably there's still some negotiations going on, but man, like the timing is kinda like we're cutting it close. And if other teams are starting to prepare themselves already with preseason and have already established preseason games um not only dates but also uh the players or the teams that they're going up against and we have none of that that they've shown publicly it's like it kind of like hey like come on like come on give us something you know um honestly they don't have to pay attention to us of what we say but in the fans point of view, is is like you you can't help but think like, man, like are we really like falling behind where you've got all these other teams already doing preseason? Phoenix rising, 12 preseason games, almost all of almost uh, the majority of them against MLS teams, and you've got the dynamo that have uh set up or have announced their preseason games. They're all going to be against USL Championship teams, but they play the Bulls twice. They play uh, Louisville City, and I know I I know I am missing one Tulsa, Tulsa. yes Tulsa, and it just surprises you how the how no R, no RGV, and I know
1: not I yet. did
0: not yet. Well, they did they did say in the in the press release that there was. I think they said something about additional uh, dates being set up, or being in in, in the process of being uh, set up. Uh, so, I mean, they could it could there could be a possibility uh, to add a, a a game against the Toros there. But it, it, at the end of the day, it all goes back to the Toros kind of being behind. A, in their off season movements. Like man, like I just hope I just hope all of this is gonna be worth it at the end. Because if we're gonna be playing catch up since before week one. Ooh boy. I think the the fact that the that the USL championship has uh been shortened you know compared to a usual USL championship um uh, it really like if before we didn't we did we didn't have like for example the the uh, the privilege not the privilege but the commodity of losing your first couple of games because okay well we lose the first couple of games in the beginning of the season but we can always catch up in the middle and in the end but it's like the season has been shortened so it's like you don't have that you don't have that leeway uh going into this but then again i mean i could be wrong and they come in and they come in guns blazing at the beginning of the season but like i said in the eyes of a fan you can't just you just can't help but but think that
1: you know it's kind of a good thing that we already know what part of our schedule looks like and we already know who some of our opponents look like because the USL uh, announced earlier this week like what divisional alignments there is and that's kind of a good thing but the bad thing as you mentioned earlier the player signings R- right now if if you take a look at it's the the current roster the current roster for now you got Tyler Derrick Juan Cusain, Kyle Edwards, Kembo Cabato, Juan Carlos Azokar. That's only five.
0: And, and remember that Kembo uh, Kyle Edwards, and Juan Carlos Azokar right now are doing preseason with the Dynamo.
1: Yes. Correct. So those three guys already have a head start in preseason now my my question now becomes do you at some point make a uh, a mass release of signings or do you kind of uh, continue milking it or do you start announcing miscellaneous stuff like for example an increased attendance policy for hb park or do you kind of announce like game flex packages Mm -hmm. at this point like what do you do as a front office i mean there is a lot to be excited for but in the same token there's also that worrisome point where uh what is going on with the roster and i think that's where uh the most attention is being garnered to by by fans right now
0: Yeah, I mean... here. Press the wrong button. Anyway, sorry about that. The way I... If you ask me... If you already have... A couple of signings... Already done. Like I said, we have nothing... We don't know anything. We don't know if... There's still negotiations going on. Or if they've already got players that have... Like a batch of players signed. But if you have a batch of players signed... I say just, just do like maybe like f- whatever you have already done. Announce it by the end of the week. Um, because if you're gonna be drip feeding us, that's just gonna fit. That's just you're just gonna feed into the impatientness and exa- exasperation from 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 the fans, especially your diehards that follow this team like day in day out in their sleep, whatever. It is like. There's right now, because of how much we fought for independence, there's a lot of pressure to do things right. And remember that first impressions are everything. So if we achieved independence, but if we screw something up where it becomes like, for example, more results wise, more of the same or very little difference compared to what we had with the Houston Dynamo, then questions are going to be, a, Risen, especially on Facebook, where it seems like the environment is a lot more hostile compared to uh, Twitter. For Twitter, for example, especially when you've got uh, other, you've got people like kind of like prodding, which is good. You know, you got you got to put pressure on the on the team, on the organization, to uh, make sure that that they're doing things right for the sake of the fans, for the sake of the Rio Grande Valley. Uh, but then again, you also got those people that they're just waiting for the totals to to trip on something and then just jump off and say, "Hi, hey, I told you so," kind of kind of thing. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is, we need to try to li- limit the 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 mistakes because, like I said, first impressions. Now that we're independent, it's going to be everything. You have one opportunity now to. Uh, actually, go and convince the fans of the Rio Grande Valley, uh, to support support the Toros in this new era of the team, and if that's not and if, and if that is not done right, oh boy, like you're not gonna get those fans back. But uh, we're just waiting. We're just waiting right now, uh, for uh Johnny to hop on on the Zoom, um. think this is gonna i think this is gonna be him so we're gonna be talking about we're gonna take a quick break from talking about the Toros. we're gonna be talking about uh we're talking to johnny uh to kind of explain what the stampede does and everything but johnny how you doing man it's been a long time everyone it's an honor being on this show for once (laughs) Bro, you know you're you know you're all you're always welcome to talk about uh the the stampede. I know it's I know for a while I've been like, and I wanna I wanna have him on, I wanna have him on, but it's just like uh, I I just haven't been able to to get you. But I think the fact that the team has gone in a completely different direction. The team is looking to kinda expand their fan base now that they're independent, I think it's just the the best of times to uh, get people to know about the RGB stampede and kind of help you guys grow uh at, in numbers as well. So uh first of all, you know, give give us a little bit of background about what you do with uh with the with the organization and how the the supporters group started.
2: Um so the supporters group started, I want to say the very first year, uh, I think it was what 2016. Um it was actually just a bunch of us that were there in the tail, we decided to make a tailgate. Well, me and my wife and my dad went, and we're like, "Well, let's start barbecuing there or whatever." We got there, and there was all these tents already, people barbecuing and everything. And that's pretty much how I started setting up. A bunch of the guys just started getting together. We started bringing drums, and it just exploded from there. Well, there's only like twenty of us, but it exploded from there. <laughs> yeah, but- and
0: I remember 2016. It was. I didn't have a lot of, uh, opportunity to go to the total schemes, mostly because I usually worked on the weekends and it was usually like a closer at the deli at, a- at the H B in Trenton. <laughs> uh, but the occasional times where I would get out like around seven o'clock and I had always and the totals were playing at home. Um, I, um, I would go, to, I would go to the games and coming from, you know, the viewpoint of Somebody who was not part of the organization, and this was at the very end of the sea, at the end of the season. You know, it was it was interesting, like you know, the amount of fun that you guys were having. You know, behind the goal uh, at the H V Park practice fields. You know, with with the uh, the smoke bombs and the flags and the drums. It was just like, it was just so fun to see, and it it piqued my curiosity, and I just. I don't know what I did. I don't know what I said, but I was just like, I just went back there, and you guys like embraced it with open arms. Uh, came back for for the uh, the playoff game against OKC Energy. Uh, that still stings. Um, it had to remind me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was like, and then and then from then on, it's just like it. It just I just became you know a part of the, uh, of, the of the team of the of organi- or the supporters group. You know, even at the new stadium, uh, thanks to Cesar, um, he uh, gave me a, an old trombone that he had. And me and Cesar, we'd be like, we'd just be playing the trombone with you guys in uh, at, at HB Park. It was really, really fun. Really, really fun experience. Then I had to move to Houston. And so, you know,
2: I mean. Yeah, you missed out on all the fun.
0: <laughs> I know, man. I know. But yeah, it like I said, it's really, it's really really fun. It was really, really fun to see. And yeah. Uh, Hopefully it it, it keeps it keeps on growing. So, uh, con- continue talking because you guys were not officially like at the beginning. You guys were officially in, quote unquote, independent supporters, correct?
2: Yeah, we actually didn't even have a name of our supporters group when we first started. It was just a bunch of guys getting together and playing the drums and just having fun. There was like guys from all backgrounds. There's Liga Mex guys. There was guys that are in punk bands. There are all these different people, you know, and it just came together. And then I think it was towards I want to say maybe the middle of the season when we started saying calling ourselves a stampede, and sneaking in beers at the <laughs> practice fields and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, it's gotten pretty good. We've had we've met tons of new people, which is really really cool. Like we um we embrace everyone with open arms. Um, we pretty much chat every single day like on our own private chat and everything and um like i said we're gonna have a meeting at the end of this month um it's our annual meeting that we get together and we start planning stuff if we're gonna do TFOs, or we're gonna do new chants and we're also gonna start band practice so guys get ready for band camp <laughs> there's a lot of strange stories not just kidding
0: as somebody, as somebody who was in band in high school, you're not wrong when it comes, like, <laughs> there's, these, there's always stories about band camp. Uh, I, like, I remember one, kind of going a little bit off topic here, but now that you, you touched up on, up on band camp. One time, summer band camp, um, we had just finished the first half of uh, rehearsal uh, out on the blacktop, you know, practicing for, for the uh, halftime show. And so they gave us a break, right? And, but I was, I was like really thirsty. And so when, uh, yeah, I wanted to go to like the water fountain that's behind the, the uh, that's inside the, the music building, but it's outside the band hall. Right. So I was like, I was really thirsty. I was like running, running, running toward, uh, I go into the band hall and then I'm supposed to, uh, exit through a door to get to the hallway between all the other orchestra, the choir hall and stuff. Like that, Cause that's where the water fountain is. I didn't know the door was locked. So I'm running at full speed, and I hit myself on the uh, like face first on that door. Oh my <laughs> god, it hurts so much. <laughs> but, but okay, so you mentioned you mentioned uh, that you're going to be having a your your meeting uh, for for Stampede members or for for people that are interested in in joining the Stampede. How is this going to be, you know, with the pandemic going on? How is this going to be um, held?
2: Um, well, we haven't decided yet if we want to do it through Zoom or maybe just get together socially distanced at the parking lot at HEB and just do like a little pre tailgate season thing where everyone's separated um but for this year everyone that was a member last year we're not going to charge you any dues nothing like that this is only like if you're going to be a new member this year we'll charge you dues um but everyone else it's not fair that we're going to charge people for only going to like two or three games Mm -hmm. and um so yeah that and also the we're going to start playing like throughout the entire game like even if we're not chanting we're going to have the drums going on and we're probably going to release the orange cloud on the very first game, which is probably going to be around maybe like eight or nine of those industrial size smoke bombs. Oh boy. Yeah. Hopefully we don't get fined or anything like our first year.
0: <laughs> it's funny. Cause I just saw, I just saw the comments that Bobby put on the chat. He's like, we caught the find, we got the club fined so much that first season. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah.
2: One of our guys accidentally threw a smoke bomb on the pitch. Oh, so, man. yeah, they made a big deal about it. But, hey, at least we're not San Antonio, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he, he's even like, let's talk about the time we went to SAFC. Ooh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so
2: that's also where we're um, speaking with Ron about something like that to maybe make, um, like, travel games, maybe to San Antonio for sure, Austin, maybe even El Paso. But um, Ron is open to actually um, providing transportation or making like a little package or something like that to go to those games. So that's something you from last year. So hopefully that comes through also.
0: So the, the dues that the RGV Stampede uh, collect, just to clarify, this is separate because I know that the organization they did it last year and then this year they had uh, a specific um price for the the stampede the supporters group uh section at the stadium just to clarify these dues are completely different from from the uh season tickets correct Yeah
2: Yeah and actually we had like this big argument with the with the FO last year over that cuz they were making it seem like if you pay them like the season ticket package that they have they were going to join be joining the stampede automatically and we're like wait a minute you guys like are advertising something totally different you know um if you get season ticket package with them you're just pretty much buying that seat like you know your season tickets and they were trying to pull it off like oh you're going to be joining the stampede and I was like wait a minute that's not how it's going to work so that's what we had to clarify that those dues are actually for to join the actual stampede if you go through the organization, that's going to be only season tickets. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so
0: how much are are the dues and what do those dues cover?
2: Um, the dues are $25. You get your, your T-shirt. You get to join into our tailgate, the free beer. Well, the free beer at the tailgate because they also took that away from us. Those cheap bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Oof. <laughs> they pretty much um took it took we had free beer at all the games and now they changed it that you have to actually buy season tickets in that section to get free beer now every season mm-hmm. um so we also get um discounts at the store and whenever we go to away games you will be the first ones to know and you'll just be joining the brotherhood you know
0: yeah de- definitely and i know for uh, a couple of times you guys have done tifos you guys always uh, march from the tailgates, uh, into into the stadium because you guys you guys tailgate. I've been with you all a couple of times, even, uh, uh, even recently, and you guys always tailgate, uh, before the games for what, like two hours before the games, and all of that, if uh, if not I'm mistaken, is like y'all y'all get y'all kind of get together, just chat around, talk about the totals, eat some eat some grub. Uh, but like, explain to those who are interested in, in joining. You know what what they ha- what you all do specifically at, at those tailgates, and uh, how they can get in, in in touch with you all if they want if they want to join.
2: Uh yeah, we'd usually tailgate like two or three hours before the game. Um, we barbecue, we chug beers, we just hang out everything, and then we march towards the stadium. So like one of the best ways like for people to get in contact with us is to follow us on Twitter, on Facebook and on Instagram. We have our pages there. And also just show up to the tailgate. Like we don't like we don't check if you're a Stampede member. Everybody's welcome. And that's how a lot of people actually end up joining. They just end up going to the tailgate and they're like, "Well, wait a minute. These are cool shirts or these are cool scarves or whatever." And that's how we get more people. It's pretty cool.
0: So you mentioned the shirts and the scarves for this year, do new mem- are you new members going to get uh free merch, uh um, this year? Um, uh, with, um, with this- your with your dues.
2: Oh, if you get a dues, you'll get your t shirt. Um, we're still not decided if we should make another new t shirt for this year, since pretty much we have tons of t shirts from last year. But I, I'm thinking we're going towards making new shirts this year, so that would be included with your dues also.
0: And and. You guys have really, really co- cool designs. Uh, honestly, I know you guys. You guys, that that uh, that Stampede logo, pretty killer. Um, which was actually made if I'm not mistaken. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was made by a Stampede member, correct? Yeah, it was made by
2: by Javi. Man, Javi came up with those designs between Javi and Bobby, which is our vice president. They came up with all those designs. And last year we had to. Um, we Bobby designed that other T-shirt from last year. Also, that was real cool. Like, super cool. So every year we try to make a different design for the T-shirt. Make it more killer every year.
0: Uh, okay, so so now... So when it comes to, like, for example, uh, the game experience itself, what are some of the requirements that someone that is a Stampede member has to follow uh, during, during the games? Like, if you... In other words, I'm asking this, like, if people are interested... Uh, in joining the stampede, you know, they don't think it's like kind of like a free-for-all kind of thing or something.
2: Yeah. Uh no, we have our own policies and everything and stuff we have to abide by. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like we don't tolerate any homophobia, nothing like that. We'll kick you out as soon as you do stuff like that. We do ask you to be chanting and jumping around and going crazy the entire game. Um, but where we're at, there's no seats anyway, so you can't sit down either way. <clears throat> but yeah, we do our own policing there. Um policing but um we don't let anybody get out of hand or nothing like that we've had like some members get out of hand and i'm not gonna say who but they're (laughs) not part of the stampede anymore yeah so yeah so it's a pretty it's a pretty good environment um do expect for it to get it gets very rowdy do expect to be covered in beer with beer showers so if you're kind of like uptight about "Eh, maybe you can join and just hang out in the back part but this is pretty much for crazy people. We're the craziest bunch in the entire park. There. <laughs> nah,
0: no, you got, you guys do you, you guys do have a heck of a job uh, trying putting in the the experience in, in, into the stadium. Uh, I love it whenever I'm here stuck here in Houston and I'm listening to the uh, to the broadcast of the games and I can hear you guys like in, in, in the background noise and it's like. Like damn, you guys, are, you guys are going hard at it, and I love, especially love it when a goal is scored by the Toros, and then so the camera's like focusing on you, and you just see like freaking beer showers everywhere, and it's like you have the little Chucky doll, and it's just it's a fun experience, guys. Like I, I've, I, I was a part of it for for a couple of months. Great group of guys, you know. Not only not only as fans, but also as people, you know. I, I'm not a, I'm not technically like I'm part of the media so to say you know for since 2017 but i've always maintained you know communication with 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 them because they're a great group of guys to talk to not only about soccer but about everything everything as well you guys are going to have a a good time so if you guys are are interested in joining the stampede please guys do not hesitate to contact to contact them uh on their on their social media uh and Check out, you know, check out the uh the their events. I know you guys have a Facebook group for like in a general one, right?
2: Yeah, we have a general one. It's called um RGFC Stampede Group or something like that. Just go look under RGFC um Stampede and you'll you'll find it there. We also have the one on, on Twitter and on Instagram also. Um but yeah, like we're we open up Everyone with open arms, we accept everybody, like everybody said if you're shy, we'll get you out of that little shell and stuff like that quick. Yeah, Edson. <laughs> and um yeah, so so it's it's pretty cool. I I think it's it's like one of the best times ever. Like we can it'll take only one tailgate in one game to get you hooked and come back for the rest of the season and probably for the rest of your years.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. hopefully people are are, are convinced to uh follow them and i and i know that you know the st- the stampede is growing li- little by little like it's starting to get get a, gain a foothold uh within within the, you know the attention of the other members and i know you guys are i guess you could say you guys are friendly towards visiting uh supporters supporters groups for the most part unless it's san antonio but i mean yeah that's neither here that's neither here nor there but no it's like um i know you guys are a great bunch of uh of people you guys are not hooligans you know from personal personal experience you guys you guys do a a heck of a job and i know i've seen a couple of uh people on twitter that have traveled to the rio grande valley and met with you guys uh, that have posted publicly that you guys treat them well. So, uh, kudos to you all on that. Kudos on on y'all to be able to maintain some sort of, uh, order in the, in the sense of not being, uh, a hostile environment to, to be a part of not only for, um, for our own fans, but also for, for visiting fans on the pitch. That's a completely different story. You guys keep on doing what you're doing. I still remember freaking Cody Lorendi, man. Freaking Cody Lorendi. And he was dancing
2: right in front of us. I oh, can't believe that.
0: It is. So, okay, so... Yeah, let's, so this tell them the story.
2: So, pretty much, we had it in the bag to win, and in stoppage time, they just scored, and they beat us that very first year. I think we are like, the second seed or something like that. And Cody Lorendi was just starting to dance this the worst salsa I've ever seen of a guy
0: dance. I think it was something. Right in like
2: front that of him, oh man, he's got he got lucky he didn't get smacked with beer cans and stuff like that.
0: <laughs> no, because oh. I remember we were egging him on, like especially because we were winning like what was that a three-one? And we were just yeah. like we were just like poking at him and he was just like he was just looking back. And then once OKC scored the second or the the third goal and then or and then the one to uh get them to the win like after those games, like he just started like dancing right in front of us, and we we're just like, Ugh. like we couldn't do anything, right? Because you know the team lost. Yeah. It's like
2: but... we had to swallow it. And... <laughs> yeah, damn it.
0: Pretty much, and like, I, 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 it is what it is. That's 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 the beauty of of being a uh, part of a supporters group. Is like you put you put in the you put in the flavor, you know, between we're the, players the
2: unfiltered and... people. We're the unfiltered part of the HEB Park
0: yeah pretty much and but but you guys make it so so much fun so guys if you guys uh want to join the stampede be sure to uh follow them on twitter uh and on instagram and of course check out that uh that uh, group uh on facebook uh if i'm not mistaken it's at rgv underscore stampede correct for facebook correct. And, and twitter uh so yeah be sure to follow them there if you guys have any questions don't hesitate to contact uh johnny contact contact the stampede page uh i know that i just saw uh santos uh mentioned that the stamp that the stampede are needing people who play drums and horns so if you guys yes. have any kind of background with uh playing the drums playing a trombone a trumpet you know an accordion an accordion you know whatever you like if you guys want to be a part of the stampede Please don't hesitate to uh, to to contact them. Let them know that you've got experience uh, with the, with drums and with horns, um, and they'll be they'll be happy to they'll be happy to have you. As he mentioned, they will be having uh, band practices, so make sure uh, so make sure you guys uh, have the commitment to uh, be able to uh, be a part of the Stampede and participate in all of the events that 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 they do. Um, i know they also when they do tifos tifos it's it is a uh it is an organization uh event where everybody puts their their time together to make make that a reality and uh so my question to you before i let you go uh johnny and you give your final thoughts um as far as for example like the uh, are there any plans for community events from from the Stampede? Um, right now, we
2: need to talk that over to see um, what we can do with the com- community to get more involved. Um, that'll probably be coming up in the in our meeting at the end of the month, also. So all those future plans—that's when we do all that stuff in that in that meeting. And then mm-hmm. from that meeting on, we start having the monthly meetings, so to keep everybody informed and everything like that.
0: Sounds good, man. Uh just keep me up to date on any information that you guys want me to uh release to the public as far as that information of what the what the what the Stampede is gonna, uh, has plans for uh in 2020, 2021 uh in those kind of events and I'll do my best to uh try to have people to be informed about you all and hopefully become new members of, uh, of the Stampede uh from here on out.
2: Uh, Um, yeah, I think Harry needs to trade in his Spurs logo and start joining the stampede. I don't think there's any NBA teams in the USL, is there? Except for San Antonio.
0: I think it's the only one. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So the offer stands, Harry, you got to join the stampede.
0: (laughs) No,
1: I think I I really think he likes a sandbox a lot, though.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's terrible! That thing was full of sand, Jesus.
0: So, tell them about the time—was well, it the year before 2019 season? The last game at uh, at uh, Toyota Park or Toyota Field when you guys went to San Antonio.
2: Oh, um, jeez, that was actually a that was a cool trip. I almost crashed the bus. Also, don't say that. <laughs> you're trying to recruit people not scare them away <laughs> well, it was fun everybody remembers and you just la- it's one of those stories that you laughed back at
0: <laughs>
2: but yeah so we, we ended up going to san antonio um, a few of us and um that was when we were down how many men was it one man two men
0: yeah i guess alejandro man- fun mayor uh yeah. stup- stupidly uh got himself inf- red carded yeah, fun mayor
1: we ended up fun mayor
2: Oh my God. I can't stand that guy. I can't. So yeah. So we came back and we tied that game. I just remember the pain on those supporters faces trying to pack the stands with UTSA students. Like if we didn't know, Uh, by halftime, half of that stand was like done with, then they were all regular supporters and all the college students left. Um, But I remember that Chewy was like, can you hear them? Can you hear them? There's like nobody like chanting anymore. He was like, going crazy that was after the game and we pretty much left super happy
1: (laughs) yeah was that the The time when carlos small came in from the bench and just had an instant impact on the game
2: yeah i can't believe they wouldn't play them that much man carlos small was fast that guy's super fast jesus oh
1: man you don't want to know the stories behind that you really don't (laughs) Not, mm. not now, Johnny, not now.
2: <laughs> maybe in another episode.
1: Not even. <laughs>
0: as T- the, great, much,
1: uh, as the
0: great person that you've already just uh, said, no comment. No comment. <laughs> yeah, but now yes. it's... Yeah, continue. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Now, I was just going to say that one of the things that kind of stuck me besides that, the fact that you guys were louder than San Antonio supporters was the fact that the players for rgv went up to you all and thanked you all for for being there and then you see the san antonio the san antonio players are like completely disregarded their families and they just went inside of their locker room it was just like it's just what it's a good little detail uh guys about you know the relationship between you guys and, and the team like you guys are there, like, within the good and the bad, even if it's been considered, you can say that it's been mostly bad than good with the Toros, you know, but you guys are, are, are there, like, week in and week out, you know, supporting them, making them feel like the, that they're welcome. Obviously, when they're blatantly screwing up, you let yourselves, you know, know, because at the end of the day, you guys, you, you guys have an, uh, an opinion. But you guys try to make make them feel, you know, that they are they are a part of the team regardless. And I think from the players that I have talked to personally, um, they really are appreciative of uh, y'all's interaction with them. So that's a beautiful thing that that the that the Stampede have uh, for 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 this team. But uh, Johnny, any final thoughts? You know about the signing so far, about the Totos Independence.
2: This is your time. Um, I think the Independence is great for the Valley. I think Houston, like they can destroy their own team, but they were starting to destroy our team also at the same time. So I think it was time for us to actually go independent. Um, don't, mind, don't mind my background. My wife's a teacher, so if you want to learn the ABCs, that can be in another episode. Um, <laughs> And on the player signings, I have a feeling that most of them are already signed, but they're taking way too long. It's kind of it's kind of making me a little bit sus, like the kids say now, sus. Um, that we haven't announced any preseason games or nothing like that. And everyone else is already like pretty much locked down for the season, like they're getting ready to go, and nothing with us. I mean, it's I know it's gotta be some kind of marketing ploy um to get more people, but you know to come to the games and stuff but come on now us real fans
0: are really impatient with everything right now i told you i said it a a little while ago come on rgb i know you're listening to this this is the unfiltered feedback from your loyal fan base so like i said for, uh, first, uh, first impressions, hand
1: information, folks,
0: and first impressions are everything. Never, never forget that. But but yeah, yeah.
1: you know uh, Johnny. I mean, I, I I will tell you this. I, one of my bigger impressions of of about the Stampede and player relationship. I'll never forget the one moment. Uh, Charlie Ward was probably like the only player who was followed by uh, Todd Wharton to give you guys a shout out. And I clearly remember it was after a home game. Uh, those two players went up to you, applauded you, uh, gave you the thanks. And then the next thing you know is uh, God bless the queen. God save Charlie Ward. Typho came out.
2: Yep. Yeah. That's the thing with us and the players. We actually... We actually have a really good relationship with those guys. They're, like, part of the stampede to us. And they're not, like, like other, like, say, like, San Antonio. Like, their players just always head to the back without even, like, acknowledging their fans. And our players, every single game, they came to shake our hands, take pictures, do autographs. We used to do Zoom chats with them, and they would always be eating tacos and stuff. Even Timo. <laughs> Timo enjoyed his tacos here. Oh, man. yeah. And, or they would go downtown with, like, Mike and it's just they were just no, like escura, regular escura. guys <laughs> <laughs> so they're just like regular guys to us like like they were just the dudes that play soccer for I the photos the but chat. <laughs> <laughs> oops i hope gerson didn't hear that <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, we they they get along with us. I don't know about this new group of guys. Hopefully it's going to be the same. What on the Facebook? It's going to be like hopefully it's going to be the same with this new group of guys. We're going to try to keep them in, involved with us and stuff like that. Um, so on a parting note, they asked me to do this from the Stampede. Fuck San Antonio. <laughs> Short, sweet, and
0: to the point. Sorry, Harry. Yes, Sorry, Harry. That's <laughs> no, what happens when you didn't join the Stampede. <laughs> no, but Johnny, thank you so much for taking your time to for, to come on the show to talk about the Stampede. I hope if any one of y'all on um, Facebook or on YouTube or, or on the uh, audio podcast uh, listen to this, you guys are kind of get that little itch to join the RGB Stampede. Like I said, Great group of guys great atmosphere with them. I highly recommend it So if you guys are wondering whether to do it or not to I say just do it guys Eh, Hell of a time with them and like and as you as you mentioned, you know It's it's a good relationship between them and and, uh, the members of the team So, uh, but Johnny, thank you. Like I said, thank you so much for coming on Uh, We'll keep in touch uh uh, about it, about everything and like i said you guys have down in the valley if you guys need any help with uh getting some information uh out there to to the fans you guys are more than welcome to hop on or send me a message and look we want this we want you to mention this on the show and we'll gladly do it for y'all
2: yeah I really appreciate it man this is like the best show this is just for the total fans we're not talking about Liga Mex or anything like that or <laughs> selección del Valle or whatever the hell it is I <laughs> this is all about the toros and this is all for the fans of the toros um so that's why we're always listening to your show man so keep up the good work no i think
1: one one last thing one one last thing and and i'll leave you guys alone we don't accept talacheros fsa or chicharroneros fsa ni susu 23s ah no bueno yes
0: directo la yugular el compadre hey no, but, but Johnny, uh, thank thank you so much, and we'll we'll keep in touch, man. And as always, go Toros. Yes, sir. Woo. All right, bye. Later, man. Okay, so we are nearing the end of our show. Like I said, thank you so much, Johnny. Hope you guys enjoyed his uh, the information that he that he gave you all. Um, like I said, I'm inviting you all to join the Stampede. In fact, I'm not inviting you. I'm making you all. I'm ordering you become a Stampede member. No, I'm just kidding. It's it's all on you. But like I said, I highly recommend it, guys. So give them a chance. And let's make this this fan base grow. So we are starting. It is 8 o'clock already. Let's go ahead and start our attempt of a tradition with our Q&A session uh, from the chats Um that you guys can ask us anything. You got me, uh, me, Ray. You can ask us anything in the chat, that you, uh, whether it's tours related or soccer related, or 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 anything like that. Uh, go ahead and ask away. Um, I did. I did see a question right now, and I'll go ahead and uh, look into the chat right now. Uh, huge shout out to Jorge pedraza. Thank you so much for for coming on, bro. Uh And you've got Sloth. He says he plays the matraca, dude play that matraca with all of that Toto's pride man don't be, never be ashamed for playing the matraca ah la matraca traca traca la matraca traca traca
1: la matraca okay oh my Edson with the dancing vision oh my
0: <laughs> my. i i am challenging shan- my Cody
1: <laughs> well cody lorendi just shadowed um uh, poor Alan Pardue in his mimicking cup dance when mm-hmm. Pardue was a uh, Crystal Palace manager doing that soft tango which he, he ended up losing in that cup final too.
0: Mm-hmm. Oof. So all right, so we've got um Sloth. He's asking us what happened to Tyberson.
1: Tyberson as far as we know, he's a free agent. He was a one-year deal guy. Uh open to sign to any uh, club in the world anywhere.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, free agent. I know uh I I know he he has been gone. He was gone for like from an extended amount of time during the season due to injuries. And I know at the end of the season when he was playing, he spent more arguing with the officials rather than kind of like I mean, sure, he had that golazo against uh against SAFC. I mean, we know that that the, that the guy had, but the guy has talent, but it's like, if you have the talent, but we don't see it because you're too, you know, because you get injured, we can't have you because of injury or because, you know, you're, uh, distracted because you're arguing with the official rather than focusing the game. And then you know what good is it is the talent for. So as far as I'm concerned, he, he was not resigned, um, by the toros or the dynamo um so he's he's gone he's gone from here and out from what i from what i've seen the context clues that we're seeing um mike says talk to edward oh talk to edwards too and he's super excited to come back he loved that the the stampede was always was that there was always there um but yeah guys keep Keep giving us your uh, keep giving us your questions. Um I do want I did want to ask you and I touched upon it before we went live, Ray, about for example, we touched upon the uh, schedule, the preseason schedule for the Houston Dynamo. Um no toros, no, uh, no toros. And then you also have uh the fact that they have loaned Eric McHugh to uh Charleston Charleston Battery. Charleston Battery, and then today they announced that Marcelo Palomino has been signed to Charlotte Independence. What can you take out of all this? Uh,
1: There's actually been three players that have been uh, loaned out in total by the Dynamo. Two to the Battery, and one to Charlotte Independence. Like I've I've posted before. So, hence the RGB relationship. Worthy or nah not worthy. Take that into consideration. I mean, when when does the divorce finally get finalized? Could mm-hmm. Houston be going could Houston be looking at um a restructuring with uh Charlotte or with the uh, Charleston?
0: Keep in mind that the Houston Dynamo did have a relationship previously uh, with Charlotte Bat- or Charleston Battery. You got to remember that for a time, Memo Rodriguez was a member of, uh, did play for Charleston Battery before he joined the Toros. So there is a little bit of history of a relationship. Uh, a bit informal, uh, it might informal, but they did have a relationship uh, with Charleston Battery before the, the Toros were created. Um, Harry says, I don't think the relationship is as good as both sides publicly says.
1: You could be right, Harry. You could be right on that.
0: You could be right because what was it on Monday? I think it was yesterday or Monday. Uh, Matt Jordan and, uh, Tab Ramos had a press conference, um, with the media here in, uh, in Houston, Texas. And they uh, they asked him, right? They, they asked Matt Jordan about the relationship uh, with uh, RGVFC. Um, they asked him if there's going to be players that will be loaned to RGVFC. Um, and Matt Jordan said, yes, there will be some players that will be loaned to RGVFC. I'm not sure if he is taking, the, if if it just means the three, you know, Kyle Edwards, Campbell Capato, and Juan, Juan Carlos Azúcar. That's what he's referring to. Or if that there's going to be more players that are going to be loaned down to RGBFC. But he did say players will be loaned down to RGBFC. And then Matt Jordan said that there is a good relationship between him and Wilmer Cabrera. That they are continuously, uh they are continuously talking. And um, when I saw that, I was like.
1: Hashtag core values.
0: That <laughs> too, that too. But I was like, man, I don't know. Like I don't know if i should believe you or not you know because you look at this and it's like you like you which is i think it's great i think it's great that the dynamo have cut off at this point the and the totals are cut off at this point any kind of relationship because it's going to be kind of we i was gonna say stupid but it's going to be weird and awkward if we declare independence from the dynamo and then and but at the same time we're like Hey, you know what can you loan us some players kind of thing? It's like, okay, well like you you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like you want independence, you're going to have to deal with, you know, squad building yourself. Like you can't have the the pleasures of independence but at the same time be still be dependent on the Dynamo for for players. Like it just doesn't work that way. So I think it, I think it's a good it's a good thing. Uh it also puts a lot more pressure on the uh on the Toros to continue build to continue building this I mean, I could be definitely be wrong. But this is just something that I'm seeing from the outside looking in, based on what I've read from, uh, based on my uh, sixth sense, and what I've what I've read from the press conferences uh, uh, from Matt Jordan and, and Tab Ramos. So he says that we'll be loaning the loaning players down to the uh, RGBFC, uh, and that there is supposedly a good relationship between Matt Jordan and Wilmer Cabrera if that is the truth that is uh that is to be seen but that is what uh uh mr core values mr matt jordan uh mentioned publicly uh to the press uh johnny says wilmer probably hates matt jordan i mean you you again yeah i mean i don't have i don't have anything i don't have anything to say like i can where i can say i can assure if there's a good relationship or a bad relationship, and if I do said something that kind of insinuates that idea, uh, before, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and just say like that is not my intention. Um, uh, but just based on the context clues, I don't think, like Harry said, I don't think that this relationship is as uh as uh beautiful as public comments have made it out to be. Uh, but guys, give us uh, give us more questions. So let's uh. Let's see if we can get three questions, three questions from Facebook uh, uh, and or and or YouTube, three questions that we that we can that we can uh, talk about before we uh, we sign off uh, for today. Uh, but Ray, in the in the meantime, what, what is there anything else you want to add or mention uh, regarding all of this? Uh, yeah. Excuse the, me.
1: Surco, paleros. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's very interesting that the USL Championship has re- released their. Uh, their divisional alignments. Copa Tejas is back, uh, but then you add the uh, the neighbors of, of New Mexico United, uh, uh, Colorado Springs, and Real Monarchs. Mm-hmm. We're going to be seeing a lot of familiar faces, uh, just based on on uh, New Mexico United and uh, Real,
0: Monarchs. Real Monarchs. Yeah. So remember that that uh, Cello Isidro Martinez is with New Mexico United now. Uh, and Cal Adams is with uh, Real Monarchs uh, at this moment, uh, so hopefully we'll see these familiar faces back at H G B Park soon. A bait that will be playing for the rival I- in this case. Um, so just to kind of recap on that, it's RGBFC. So it's weird because we got the only, we got the only group with a, with seven players. So all the other rest of the groups have eight er, teams. Yes, thank you, thank you. With seven teams. The, the rest of the te- groups have eight teams. So we it's obviously us. Uh, then you've got uh, Austin Bold, San Antonio, El Paso, uh, New Mexico United, um, Colorado Springs switchbacks, and uh, Real Monarchs. So we'll be interesting to see. And interesting for starters that we're in the mountain division, but I mean, last time I checked, there are no mountains here. In, in in the Rio Grande Valley, or even even in San Antonio, but it's just I just thought it was I just thought it was interesting. They probably watched too no, many. Ne- too, I guess I guess U.S.L. watched too many uh, Netflix series uh, or movies that take place in the or they say they take place in the Rio Grande Valley. I'm looking at you, uh, the Selena and the Selena series and uh, Shark the new Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Apparently, I don't know. I don't know that there was a volcano. In South Padre Island. That was news to me
1: Again, no comment
0: (laughs) So, uh, Santos says tryouts are coming this weekend. Hopefully we can get at least one good Valley player Any comments on tryouts? So the only comment I have and I know it's been mentioned to me by multiple people I know a couple of you guys from the Stampede. I know a friend of mine actually reached out to me uh, and that is regarding the, the price of the tryout. If I'm not mistaken, it's a hundred dollars or $95 around there to be able well, to try out. And what, uh, let me just, uh, kind of finish the concerns that the people that reached out to me had. And a lot of people were, were questioning It's like, okay, so what does this fee cover? And they also made the comment that this price Could be pretty steep for a lot of players that want to try out for the team. But I mean, remember, this is the Rio Grande Valley. You're talking about a region that is considered uh, statistics wise, one of the poorest in the nation. And so a lot of players that have the talent probably do not have the financial means to enter the tryouts because of this. So, and it all goes back to this whole idea of pay to play. Um, so Ray, what, uh, like, I know you're, you're trying to mention something right now about it,
1: Uh, you know, just to have EMS out there isn't free. They, I'm pretty sure they charge the club a fee to have like hospital out there in case an emergency does happen.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Insurance to have events like those, that's not free either. And who gets to cover those costs? That's exactly why why you're paying a tryout for. Because EMS doesn't go out there for free. Mm -hmm. Insurance to host these type of events aren't free. And even even the groundskeepers, those guys aren't free either. So think that into consideration.
0: I mean, again, yeah, go
1: ahead. And i I've seen, I've seen a lot of pro sports here in the valley, um, have uh, tryout events, and sometimes they even take these tryout events outside of the valley to try to garner, um, try to uh, recruit talent down here to the Rio Grande Valley, um, and. That's probably like the only reason why there are charges for these events, because even though there's like quote unquote a sponsorship agreement between EMS or in the Toros, uh like right now, since it's kind of like a non-sanctioned uh Toros event, they still have to like cover their rear ends in case an, an accident or a freak injury happens and they want to like use this money to like insure themselves that, Hey, you're, you're coming, uh, you're coming on under the risk that if something happens to you, there, there will be some, some sort of, uh, of insurance to, to cover you.
0: I think this would be a, this would be a great question to, and I don't know I've been kind of pretty busy to, uh, actually get in contact with, with Ron Patel. So my, you know, I'm sorry. Sorry, I couldn't. I couldn't get it done. You know, but it was. It would be a good question to ask Ron Patel and get an answer on the record, uh, because I like I said, the fact that multiple people have had that concern about the price. Like I, I don't think they're expecting it to be free, uh, but I do think uh, for the most part, the those that reached out and asked about that probably felt that maybe a hundred dollars could be was a little bit too steep for 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 a tryout. Uh, I know it's I know it is kind of the norm, you know, for like for other teams to charge around that that area of seventy five hundred dollars. Uh, like I said, I don't have uh concrete evidence, like concrete numbers from San Antonio and, or Austin or anything like that, or even the Dynamo at this moment. Um, uh, but f- like I said, that was a concern that was reached out to me about that and i wanted to get your your thought or uh now that santos brought it up you know we wanted i wanted to get your thoughts uh on that particular instance but like i said it it would be good for ron to give a uh on the record answer
1: you know and and i and i just speak from experience okay because i've worked with the uh with the edinburgh road owners i've seen it with the uh RGV Magical are no longer around. I've seen it with the, uh, the AF2 uh, RGV Dorados, mm-hmm. and I've even seen it with the RGV Barracudas, who are making somewhat of a comeback, which is kind of a slap in the face for me, personally. But the, those guys are making a comeback to uh, MASL 2, and I'm trying to figure out, okay, and this is just like stuff that I've been personally investigating on my own. The two biggest questions will be a, will they be playing out of paint arena or are they going to be playing in their slippery dingy dirt dingy turf over in the port of Brownsville? And why do I say the slip, the dingy turf in the port of Brownsville because port of Brownsville is like just a few miles away from there. And it's like, when you get on Boca Chica Boulevard, you uh you take a, a left that's gonna lead you north, but there's like uh there's uh, waters uh that are around that area. And now that they have like somewhat of a uh, a makeshift press box, you can kind of see like the waters out there. So that's why I kind of throw a little bit of shade at them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, believe me, they they just want to cover Uh, their their own cost for EMS for insurance for players in case they get an injury and that that's why I kind of see why why there's like a cost attached to these tryouts
0: seems it seems fair Uh, I think it
1: I mean that's probably the the best most honest answer I can give and Mm -hmm.
0: that's fair uh, at least, I mean, at least, at least it's something. At least it, there's kind of like an explanation about why. Because, like you said, like you mentioned, like freaking EMS is like they're not gonna charge you like five dollars to like treat you or anything like that. Like even to just like go. So this from experience, one time I, you know, I fainted in church and just for I don't I wasn't even taken to the hospital at all. But just the fact that they went to the church to look at me because i had fainted you know in the middle of the church they were charging me 200 some dollars you know and that's because i didn't even go to they didn't even take me to the hospital so i mean the you may have a point where that a 100 dollars probably partly it covers the charge of having uh ems on standby on location but like i said this is some this is information that is 100% not officials or anything like that. So, if Ron if, or anybody from the RGB, if you guys are hearing this, um, and if you would like, uh, we would like for you to reach out to us and give a kind of like an official explanation about it that we can uh, share with, if it's possible, share with uh, the media, or not the media, share with our, our fans and, and those of us that we're asking and let, kind of inform them what they get from those uh, $100. Uh, So then Harry asks, thoughts on the Mountain Division with seven teams and Copa Tejas teams playing four games against each other?
1: (sighs) Hello, Harry. Sandbox. I see you've made your presence let me known. Like I said, I I just think that the... um, as long as the games aren't paired up to where we're playing like on on back-to-backs, uh, meaning that, say, we play you in San Antonio, three days later you guys come back down, I would have problems with that. But say, for example, if we play San Antonio on a on a breezy Wednesday night and then on Saturday night we take the talents to Austin, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Problem I would have is facing you guys on Wednesday night, coming back down to repeat it on on Sunday night. That I would have a problem with.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: if it's if it's spread out and and spread out evenly, I have no issues.
0: Uh, I think for me, um, the fact I think I embrace. Playing all Copa Tejas teams four times. Uh, it kind of makes up for the fact that we had, we really didn't have a Copa Tejas, official Copa Tejas last season. Uh, and we only played El Paso once, if I'm not mistaken, because they were yeah, out of, outside of, of, yeah, they were out of our division. So um, I think it's it, it's great to have four four games against other Copa Tejas members. Uh as far as the group is concerned, it makes the most sense. I mean, because, well, see, I say that, and yet they had Tulsa and, um, Tulsa and OKC Energy move to the Eastern Conference. But, uh, I mean, you have to take into consideration how many, I mean, see, the St. Louis FC is gone. And so... They're pretty much, you know, the closest to other Eastern Conference teams, so I guess that's where it, it, you got you kind of see you kind of see that, and we can we could ex- we expect the fact that we had to be in the Mountain Division because I mean, I think outside of Phoenix, but even then it's like Phoenix and you've got, uh, Las Vegas, San Diego, Loyal, and then all of the you know all of the West Coast teams. You knew that they were going to be in that, in one group, you know, for logistical purposes. And I think it was, it was just the mountain was just kind of like, oh, I guess like, this is what was left. All right. Let's, let's put them in a group kind of, uh, kind of thing. It's the one that look the looks the weirdest, for, like how far it's spread out, you know, Rio Grande Valley and then uh, Real, uh or Salt Lake City. And, but at the end of the day, it's like, I mean, that's the way, that's the way it was, you uh, Prepared, and we're gonna have to deal. We're gonna have to deal with it. You know how how the team is gonna be making making the travels. Well, I think they learned from last season where they made the bus trip to El Paso that those kind of decisions affect the team negatively. So obviously, there's gonna be pro- COVID protocols in order to minimize the amount of uh people that, that that come up positive uh for covid-19 but it's going to be interesting uh for sure uh how the mountain the mountain group is going to be played um johnny says no more games at 2 a.m. um yeah Hi, also i still Hi, hate Tulsa. them i still hate them for that
1: no but i i, I do really really want to give a a prop props to OKC and their video the Star Wars Cantina scene. <laughs> that was so
0: that was awesome. That was
1: so beautiful. Well done. I love that. That love, cracked me up.
0: I love what you I love, love serve
1: your it. type here.
0: <laughs> and then that for, was that was so no like thing, Luke 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 Skywalker it. who's supposed to be OKC tells uh C three PO who's supposed to be FC Tulsa is like, you're gonna have to wait for us outside or something like that. I just thought that was I just thought that was hilarious. And right at the end, they threw the shade, uh, towards uh FC Tulsa. But man, when 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 social media is done right, man, oh, it captures the attention out of everybody. Uh, You know,
1: and speaking of of that commercial, you know, I love the uh, version that Adidas made for it a while back. They even had a similar commercial with the uh, Star Wars Cantina theme. Mm-hmm. It was so well done as well. Uh, I want to say David Beckham was involved in it, and his his one liner was "Party on, boys." Got time for one more question before you wrap up the show?
0: Yeah, yeah, one more. Let's do one more. Uh but I don't. I actually don't see a another question on the chat so or a comment or or, some blazing
1: comment anything just throw some ammunition anyone
0: yeah uh in the meantime i do want to remind you all guys um follow us on all of our social media uh obviously subscribe to the channel the youtube channel like us on facebook facebook.com slash down in the rgb uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at down the air TV. Check out our website, ditvpodcast.com, and check out our, our the, uh, the website for our friends at the Beautiful Game Network, bgn.fm. You can find our podcast there as well as on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, uh, Breaker, and of course, Anchor, uh, um, brought to you by Spotify. It's gonna be weird saying that now it's not Anchor FM, it's just Anchor now. Um, but I- yeah, I Chick- still
1: refer to them as anchor FM, you know. Yeah. Just for the sake of doing so.
0: It's kind of remember when uh uh Circle K transformed into Stripes and everybody still kept calling it Circle K for a couple of years and then it just oh, kinda man. it just what kinda cut on.
1: Yeah, it's like an an evolution caught full circle, you know, from Circle K to Stripes to 7 Eleven, now the reincarnation of, of Circle K once again.
0: Yeah. And and it turns out the Seven Eleven bought, uh, stripes. So it's like exactly yeah. <laughs> Anyways, now we're really veering re- 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 off topic. Um, so Santos asks us, "What do you think on Echeverry coming back?" No comment. <laughs> no seriously, but yeah.
1: I, I, I'll just look. For me personally, I will welcome him back honestly quite honestly i uh, he was a, a, a real genuine person to work with uh, quite honestly speaking from a media perspective he was uh, quite the person to, to work with um, I, I really can't say much about wilmer i mean i did see the stories i did see some of the uh, interviews where the things could could get dicey, but you know, um, for me, it's it's, go, it's gonna be a, a learning curve. But I I, I do appreciate the uh, uh, the genuine words that uh, Gerson had for us uh, when the time was available, and yeah. even when and even when he wasn't. I mean, it's just uh, it's just how he is. You know, I mean, you you supporters uh, have dealt with him. Uh, you know how he is, and and for me, from a media perspective, I mean, I, I I would welcome him back if if it does ever happen. If it yeah, does, I mean, def- I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not here to say it well, but if it does happen, it does happen. And I don't care who would be laughing up there in Houston. You that shall be now remain nameless to me. No, I'm not talking about you. Edson. I, know.
0: you know I know, I know, I know. I think for I think for me I would definitely welcome him with open arms. Uh I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think he was dealt a very bad hand at the in his last season uh as Torres coach uh by the Houston Dynamo. Uh I think the fact that and this is like this is my point of view as a fan, not as a media member. What we're seeing now with the fact that now the Dynamo are loaning out uh Marcelo Palomino McQ. to a USL well, it's more specifically Marcelo Panomino, because Eric McHugh was loaned last season. But the fact that now they're loaning Marcelo Panomino, and I'm pretty sure the protocols have changed where it makes it a lot easier to uh, <clears throat> to be able to loan out players down to the USL level. But in the, I, in the eyes, in the point of view of a RGB FC fan, you can't help but feel slighted by or feel like the Dynamo left the Taurus to die in 2020 by not giving Echeverry the players that he really needed. We talked about it during this season where what we needed was attackers. We needed players to put the ball inside the net. I mean, because, uh, uh, what was his name again? Um, uh, Garrett McLaughlin wasn't cutting it, you mm-hmm. know? wasn't. And, and so what does the tours give them? Oh, here have uh Cal, Kyle, Ed- Kyle Adams and, uh, and Eric McHugh was like, no, we don't need defenders. I mean, we technically we didn't need defenders. We needed people out on the attack. And it's like, and it's like, well, we can't, uh, well, we can't loan out, uh, sorry, we can't loan out uh, Marcelo Palomino. So it's like, you know, you can't feel like, you can't help but feel like we were slighted uh, by uh, the Houston Dynamo and Majority and Todd Ramos in that aspect. Like I said, in these opinions, in my hot takes, I could be definitely be wrong, and I'm open to uh, knowing why I'm wrong about that. But like I said, from the fan point of view, that's what I that's what I feel now. I mean, you see here Marcelo Palomino loaned down to Charleston Battery, and it's like, okay, like, come on, we needed him last year. And you, you're like, the pusiste, uh, pusiste, como si la Virgen estuviera hablando kind of thing. So it's like it's just it's just frustrating. But like I said, now that we're independent, so we have we can control our own destiny. Um, but yes, I would definitely love for Jerson uh, Gers- uh, to come back and be a part of uh, the Toros once again. Um, the fact that he treated us as media as essential to the to the Toros, it was a very welcome uh, feeling. You know the fact that. He took, t- he took the time to explain things the way they were, like with almost no filter, uh, explain why things went wrong and this and that on the press conferences. It was a breath of fresh air compared to uh, Junior Gonzalez, who always said, oh, right, things are things are great. Like the team may have lost like 6-2 against Sacramento, but in his eyes, everything was going great. Or or Wilmer, who has who people have kind of mentioned that he really isn't a big fan of the media, and having someone like Jerson Echeverry to kind of uh, counteract that uh, hesitancy by Wilmer to deal with the media, I think it I think it would it would help out a lot and continue with uh, to build the relationship between the team and the uh, and the the local media whether it's us. Uh, South Texas Border Sports, Sports, uh, Channel 5, Channel 4, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think they were starting to build something when it comes to uh, media team relations. And I, like I mentioned in the in episode number one and number two, my biggest worry about Wilmer was the way he is, the way he's treated the media. I was worried that all that they had built under Justin Echeverry as far as that relationship would be destroyed by Wilmer. But I guess I guess we'll see what happens if he does come back, like I said, I welcome it with open arms. Uh, final question. Uh, should Toros call Corti, Nico Corti for a backup? Uh...
1: Oh mm. Probably not. I mean, I I just feel like uh, there's a lot more movement to be done right now um and it doesn't help that the organization is kind of milking things a little bit uh i mean it kind of sounds redundant for me to say this but keep keep having patience don't lose the faith type thing um i i, I just don't see that signing happening i mean i wouldn't mind it because he was a, he was one of the players that, that really behaved well with the media so
0: mm-hmm. i
1: wouldn't mind it but i just don't see it happening.
0: And I feel if if I'm not mistaken, I think he's been inactive since he was released by the tour or by the dynamo. If we want to be, if we want to be correct, since he was released by the dynamo, I don't remember seeing him like being signed by another club. So all of that is going to really going to take into effect. So I I really don't see, I honestly do not see Nico Corti coming, uh, coming back. I don't know if he hung up, he hung his gloves and called it, you know, and uh, retired from professional soccer. Like I, said, I don't know, he's been kind of a wall from social media, so really don't have no idea what's been of him since he left us. Uh, but I really don't think that that he'll be coming back, and I really don't think that we should be going back with former, uh, like former players, unless it's like Charlie Ward or. You know those players that have really made an impact, that have are making it currently making an impact right now in the USL, or when made a major impact with it with, while they they were here with the Toros. Um, I think it's time to look forward and start looking for something greater than what we actually than what we actually had. But they're gonna get that. That is a uh, very personal opinion of mine. Um, but guys, I think that's gonna be do it. That's gonna do it for today. Thank you so much for hanging on for almost two hours of a show. Uh, and I'm. Honestly, I'm not uh, like I don't regret doing 2 hours if it means 1 hour of having a Q&A and getting your questions answered. To me, I think it's I think it's worth it. Uh, because like I said in the beginning, we're here to learn together and build the um, build the this uh, this community for the sake of the todos. Uh and I want everybody uh I want myself, I want Ray, uh I want you all to help each other learn more about the um about the usl about the toros um so that way we can be an informed fan base uh because oh boy there's a lot of misinformation especially and i mentioned it a lot there's a lot of misinformation on on facebook regarding the Toros, and it's those kind of people that you give them facts and they'll just to put it just to put it short sweet and to the point they never admit that they're wrong they either just don't say anything or they'll just continue to to deny uh the uh the facts that 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 you put on on them not naming any names you know uh of who's causing this but we need to fight this uh misinformation make sure that the fan base is well uh well not very knowledgeable about about the toros and like i said we want to open a forum for toros fans to kind of talk to each other within the form within the families and build a, a huge community and hopefully we can let it continue to grow. But guys, thank you so much for for tuning on. Uh like I said, next week we are going to be having USL tactics on the show to talk about the the latest uh in depth and this this is not just like shallow, like in depth analysis of the way that they play, uh their their statistics of uh, of any totals players that have been signed from here from right now till uh next week when, when next week's show is going to happen next Wednesday at 7 p.m. So you guys cannot miss the show. Make a lot of noise on social media that US Attack that we're going to be learning in-depth analysis of our players so far. I don't think anybody else offers uh, offers this for the fan base. So let's make this happen. Let's make a lot of noise and let people continue to be informed about our team before we start preseason and the 2021 USL championship season. Um, follow us on all of our social media. And uh, of course, be safe. Continue to wear a mask or you know take the precautions necessary to be safe. We're still not out of COVID yet. And we want, and I want to see everybody out there at at the stadium the next time we're uh, the next time we're we are allowed, uh, to go and Hopefully everything goes back to normal. I want to see y'all out there cheering and supporting uh, our Archivists Todos. And uh, of course, uh, Ray, thank you for coming on the the show. It's always an honor to to have you on. Uh, where can they find you and be sure to plug away, uh, your podcast.
1: Edson, for me, it's a privilege uh, to like i mentioned earlier in the show to be here not replacing jacob but just hopefully temporarily filling in for him um they can find me on social media on south texas border sports on facebook uh you can find me on twitter at s-o-t-x athletics ix ending you can also find my recently inactive uh YouTube page on South Texas Border Sports, and my uh, le- and my most uh, recent journey uh, on the podcasting side with uh, South Texas Border Sports over at anchor.fm forward slash STBS. Uh, right now, I've kind of put a little pause on on the YouTube side. Uh, I'm just trying to lighten up the load a little bit. I really want to do t- take it back, but I just Need to find the proper formula, but Edson, those are my social media platforms. That's where everyone can find me. Uh, DMs messages messages are open. Guys, have any questions uh, regarding the pro uh, the pro sports uh, market, whether it's Toros, Vipers, or UTRGV Athletics? Drop an inbox. I'll I'll do the the best responsible job as I can to answer your your questions.
0: Definitely, man. That's what we're here for. I mean, whatever knowledge that, that, that we have, uh, about this team, we try to, ma- we try to make it known to y'all so y'all can make NFR. And I've told the guys many times, I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm here to tell you how to think I'm giving you, we're giving you the the tools to make your own critical analysis about this team. Um, But guys, it's it's a pleasure to be back. We'll see you all next week. Be safe out there. Take care.